Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julia Spare's Moving Markets podcast. It's Monday, the 15th of January, and my name is Helen Freer. I'll be talking this morning about all the latest market news with Mike Rauber, and then I'll be speaking to Menzel Pachinci, our head of technical analysis, and getting his thoughts on equity markets, bond yields, and I'll also be asking him about the US dollar. But first up is Mike. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Helen. So last week, US equities recouped their losses from the first few days of the year. The S&P 500 gained 1.8% over the week. And on Friday, it was trading in the morning above its all-time closing high. Could you start perhaps by telling us a bit more about this, please, Mike? Yes. Uh, so it could well be that it did not manage to close at the high of the day on Friday, as investors did not want to hold big positions into a long weekend. Uh, the US is closed for Martin Luther King Day today, and considering also the many geopolitical tensions like in the Middle East. But on the strong up move last week, it was led by technology and was really due to rising expectations that the US central bank will lower rates in March even as inflation reports showed that inflation is not declining as rapidly as some expected. Although I did notice that core inflation reported on Thursday was below 4% for the first time since May 2021, and producer prices published on Friday showed a small monthly decline. Now, the lower rate expectations gave a boost to gold to the end of the week up 2% at around $2,050 an ounce. And notably on Friday, Microsoft rose 1% as it powers ahead on expectations that it will be a key beneficiary of artificial intelligence. And so now it once again is the largest company by market capitalization, overtaking Apple by a small margin. And the U.S. earnings season also kicked off on Friday with four large U.S. banks reporting. So now the attention will really move from more macroeconomic news to the earnings reports. And it'll be the news here that starts to drive equity markets, right? Indeed. And actually, analysts have lowered their Q4 earnings growth expectations quite a bit in recent weeks and actually to levels below previous quarters. So that could really uh, lay the foundation for upside surprises which would be a positive for markets. And so to the results of the four banks, uh, they were not that surprising as we did not see big share price moves uh, in Bank of America, Citigroup and JP Morgan. Only Wells Fargo was down more than 3% as it reported higher than expected costs. Uh, tomorrow we'll have Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley reporting. So that will be interesting to see. Uh, but staying with the bank's results, most analysts saw the numbers confirming that American consumers weathered the rise in interest rates quite well, actually, uh, as their credit quality pictures of the bank was somewhat better than expected. And this should be a net positive when it comes to the US economic outlook for the year, right? Absolutely. But taking a political angle, President Biden is not getting any credit for a quite good economy. This also brings us to today's uh, start of the Republican presidential nomination with the selection of the candidate in the state of Iowa today. So that will be later today. Uh, the front runner is Donald Trump, uh, who is heading with a commanding 48% support in a closely watched poll that also showed Nikki Haley moving into second place with 20%. But uh, the temperatures are at minus 25 Celsius in Iowa. So some are asking actually how many people will go out and vote. 
Okay. Um, and turning to China, the Chinese central bank, actually contrary to expectations, didn't cut its one-year rate on loans on concerns about the volatility of the yuan. And the yuan actually then went up a little on the announcement. Yes, but the policy decision is not weighing on Chinese stocks uh, with the Hang Seng uh, in Hong Kong only slightly down. Maybe it is because that market is already trading at a low eight times earnings. But one stock to highlight, Baidu, it is down 7% on a report that the company has links to China's military. This, of course, uh, increases the risk that sanctions will be levied on the company. We also had presidential elections in Taiwan, the world's semiconductor manufacturing hub, and an island that in China's view belongs to them. So clearly the result of it um, was also of great interest to the US and the rest of the world. Yes, yeah, so the pro-independence Democratic Progressive Party will remain in power, but it secured the presidency with the lowest winning percentage since 2000 of just 40%. Uh, China's foreign ministry in its statement did not even mention the name of the new president-elect, who it calls an instigator of war. Uh, when I last looked, shares in Taiwan are just a little higher on the day, so no sign of real concerns, uh, at least for now. Okay. Um, now, as we already talked about on the podcast last week, we had the spot Bitcoin ETF approvals in the US last week. So what did the flows look like here in the first two days since their launch? So the total inflows were uh, nearly $7.7 billion, uh, quite a, a lot of money. This was not, but this was not all new money entering the space, so the crypto space, as some was also rebalancing from other products. Uh, and market reaction has been muted with Bitcoin lower since the ETF started trading, as the energy is a little out after the big excitement of the approvals. But I've also seen over the weekend first commercials on social media advertising for these new ETFs. So it will be interesting to watch what the flows will be in the coming days. Just lastly then, looking to the week ahead, what can investors expect this week? So, of course, loads of earnings. Uh, also, the World Economic Forum in Davos starts today. And on the economy and attention will center on the U.S. consumer with indicators, including the retail sales report and the University of Michigan survey. In China, the highlight will be Q4 GDP numbers. From central banks, there will be the Fed's Beige Book and ECB's account of the December meeting. Actually, Europe had a good day on Friday as Christine Lagarde said that the ECB will cut rates once it sees inflation at its targets. Uh, and uh, a few minutes ago, I saw that European equity futures are actually in the green today. And, and that is all for me. Great. Thanks a lot, Mike, for the great roundup to start the week. Thank you, Helen. Now, Menzor, good morning to you, firstly. Good morning, Helen. So markets had a bit of a better week last week. Most but not all of the major indices in the US and Europe ended the week in positive territory, although year-to-date numbers are still a bit worse. What are your thoughts, Menzor? You stand by what you said last week, that we saw a minor consolidation at the beginning of the year, but the uptrend is intact? Yes, uh, indeed. So uh, when we look at US uh, markets and European markets, they remain in uh, clear uptrends. And when you look at the weekly closing prices on a total return basis, then uh, you are at new 52-week highs. So the uptrend remains intact. Uh, equities can uh, continue to move higher. And uh, within equities, basically, we see some minor rotation, which is uh, quite healthy. But the equities, uh, yes, remain in a clear uptrend. And you should not let the first week of the year distract you. 
Okay, um, let's go to fixed income now and talk about yields. Where do you think the 10-year US Treasury yield is heading? It's a direct question. Yes, uh, <laughs> where do we uh, think it's headed? Uh, for us, it's uh, it's pretty clear. So uh, the downtrend is still intact. So we had here from middle of December a minor rebound uh, above 4%, but prices or the yields are not able to hold those gains. And we think that uh, 10-year Treasury yields are headed towards at least uh, 370 or even 330. So we still think that uh, investors might be surprised how fast and uh, how strong yields decline. I mean, they have already declined more than 100 basis points from their peak in October. And lastly, on currencies, with the US dollar, you said recently a medium-term stabilization has started. So you see the dollar staying around current levels for the time being, or what exactly did you mean here? Yes, basically the steep decline from uh, October, November is uh, is slowing down. But nevertheless, the US dollar seems to remain uh, to remain weak. Uh, the picture is mixed. So uh, where it's uh, certainly weak is against the Swiss franc. So the Swiss franc remains a strong currency. Where it remains weak as well is uh, against uh, some uh, strong emerging market currencies, especially those who offer still very attractive yields. So these are the Brazilian real and the Mexican peso. They offer interest rates in the one-year area of around uh, 10%, so uh, quite a nice uh, yield pickup there. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, we think maybe, maybe that the US dollar will slightly continue to decline. Uh, as said, uh, really uh, probably... Uh, uh, stay under pressure against the Swiss franc and especially the strong emerging market currencies. Very good. Thanks very much, Menzo. Good to get your latest thoughts this morning. Thank you, Helen. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be back and talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great start to the week, everyone. And bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.